0: Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast once again I'm Bradley and coming up on today's show we look at all the people that have stubbed their toe and have managed to then blame it on Meghan Markle but joining us first it's the real Sir Winston oh sorry no sorry that's my GBU script um joining me someone who's not a total right-wing douchebag all well, good guy it's Stu how you doing Stu
1: all the better for having that compliment. I, I don't know if I'm more an all-round good guy, but I'm certainly not a right-wing douchebag, that's absolutely for sure.
0: Yeah. No, and we haven't got the real but fake Sir Winston Churchill as a guest.
1: <laughs> we dig him up and reanimate his corpse. Well, they got the next best
0: thing. Did you ever did you ever see that on the News the thing that went viral? No. They had a look-alike actor in to play Winston Churchill. On GBUs, but spoke to him like he was actually the reanimated cults of Winston Churchill. Oh God. Before, at the very end, going, Oh, we better let you in on something. It's not actually Winston Churchill.
1: Oh, you what? do surprise us.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Audience are not um, as stupid as the presenters. Well, well, uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: GBUs. And the most recent one is Dan Wooten, former scum editor is um, blaming Meghan Markle for Jamaica, wanting to become uh, a republic. Crazy. Crazy. There's some reach in there. That is nuts. I mean, they've reached so far, they could have saved those uh, Chilean miners.
1: <laughs> well, they'd be reaching back through time as well. But yeah, no, I, that is a, such a reach that, yeah, yeah, the boundaries of space and time could also be broken.
0: Plus, i would have to like save someone who's got darker skin than them, so that's not happening. That's never going to happen. Um, what will happen, though, video games will happen. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, that'll, that'll do. do. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. What have you been playing, Joe?
1: So, I have been playing something brand spanking new that, as of recording, only came out today, which is Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, And, yeah, pre... Kirby Day. Yeah, Kirby, Kirby Day. Day. Yeah, yeah that's... Um, oh, that's another one... You couldn't, have two either, games, could you? <laughs> you couldn't have two opposite games, could you? You
0: couldn't have two opposite opposite games. <laughs> no,
1: you couldn't. No, and I couldn't buy both, because can't afford that much, but anyway I managed to get this code really cheap which Which is the most, oh no,
0: which do you think is more disturbing like Ghostwire, and I know we'll come into why that is, like certain elements or the fact that a big pink blob thing, a little pink blob thing could suck up the souls and bodies of other things
1: and that is existentially terrifying, there's like a little cartoon online of Sonic and like his eye starts turning red like pinkish and then it yes. gets bigger and bigger and it's Kirby and Kirby comes out with Sonic <laughs> it's really disturbing and it yeah it's it's a, just a disturbing concept but they've made it work over the years he's so cute though he's so I know, cute I know but yeah, no fantastic I, I can't wait to get that game I looked at the Digital Foundry review of it and it, it just looks really pretty and just what you'd want from a from a 3D version. But we're not here to talk about Kirby today.
0: Next week. yeah, Okay, week. cool. I've got it. Next nice. Week.
1: So, yeah, no, Ghostwire. So, yeah, it's only available on PS5 and on PC. So, obviously, I've got the PC one. And it's essentially a sort of first-person immersive sim. But that kind of sounds much more grandiose than it is. It's just kind of like a first-person action game. With some, from what I've seen so far very light puzzle and environmental puzzle elements. And, yeah, you wander around Shibuya, which you'll remember from Jet Set Radio, that area of Tokyo that seems dedicated to buses. But um, uh, it's all locked off by a mysterious fog that is in no way because they couldn't afford to build a much bigger university to move around in. and Just like Superman. Yeah, yeah, Superman fog. It's basically, it, like, if you take the premise of a little bit like control so it's a bit more kind of spooky than that but not really particularly scary it's more eerie creepy stuff uh it, it seems to be from the very outset that someone or some things I have managed to separate people's spirits slash souls from their bodies and the bodies have disappeared and then they're sucking up the spirits to use for some some sort of nefarious purpose. You're kind of caught in between these this person or these people and a good guy who seems to have the skinny on what's going on and he's part of some sort of paranormal team and yeah you kind of wander around and you blast creepy looking nether creatures... Using uh, magic powers from your hands, so it's you know pretty standard. Um, but yeah, it, we've all done it. We've all been there. Yeah, we've yeah. all been there. When I sold my soul to Satan, I got that kind of power, but uh, I've only <laughs> used it for, for uh, good. So that's a shame. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny. It's because it, like, I played so many games like this because it's like okay, we've got this world we can play with in three D. An easy way to kind of make a world that's presentable but exciting is to have a very simple, straightforward representation of the real world and then have lots of supernatural elements crash in. You know, it's quite an easy way of of making stuff, you know, building the levels, fairly simple, having the enemies, fairly complex, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of that, and like Control does it as well. There's, there's even the elements of, like, <laughs> what are they called? Like, kind of supernaturally infused armchairs and kitchen sinks and stuff that, like Control has. Oh, yes. I don't know whether it's, like, just coincidence or whether they saw that and they were like, ah, yeah, that's Ace for sticking that in. But, um, yeah, it's kind of ghostbusters E as well. There seems to be, like... a a technological basis to what they're doing in terms of the research and how you deal with the spirits but there's also a kind of Japanese folklore element as well Well, it's early days for me but gameplay wise it's okay it's nothing special so far, it's alright but you know, okay and apart from that graphically uh, it's not particularly brilliant it's okay, it's presentable enough but I've just come off the back of playing Horizon, which I just finished yesterday. Absolutely. I don't know,
0: you've not mentioned it before. I know.
1: But... yeah, no, I've kept it all to myself for a secret. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Horizon on PS4 looks just magnificent. It's just so good looking. A Ghostwire is, you know, you wouldn't expect it to have that le- level of polish, but it's supposed to be a next-gen game, well, current-gen now, you know, PS5 era game. It's on the ps 5 but it doesn't look like that at all it's it's very simplistic it's got it's got ray tracing but uh, to be honest i can't see uh, it's very well implemented i've got stuck it all on max on my pc and i just i'm like uh is it being used i'm not entirely sure so yeah at the moment it's fine i'm gonna give it lots more time probably complete it
0: it's it's tango isn't it
1: yes that's right who yeah so Shinji Mikami's team I think he's he's either left or he's stepped back from this game um, but yeah the guys who did the evil within it's its them see
0: I think that's their aesthetic when you say about it doesn't look next general I actually think that's their aesthetic their games kind of look almost grindhouse-y in a way
1: yeah I can see that it's just a bit funny when you, when you stick ray tracing in which is a very big cost overhead and difficult to program yeah and then it still looks, you know, like a previous, not even a previous gen game or an early previous gen game, you know what I mean? But, yeah, no, I'll take yeah. your point. They they definitely try and go for a for something that's harkening back to a, a, an earlier era. And another big influence, I think, that it might be is uh, Fear, you know, F-E-A-R Fear, the first-person yes. shooter. There's lots of elements of that in it, like things blinking in and out of existence and and all that caper yeah uh, but at the moment, it's, it's less than some of its parts. Uh, doesn't do anything yeah. exciting so far. It's just really solid. So we'll yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this because it's um, it, it it does look like the, the aesthetic. So first of all, I think the best open world, shall we say, city that you can put in a video game, I think is like the various areas of Tokyo, because it's so much going on, in such a small space, that you, I mean we saw, I mentioned it when we spoke about, um, the Yakuza games, you can fit so much into a smaller space, than something like, I think even the Witcher can, or Grand Theft Auto can, in their massive open worlds, and they're iconic as well, so you go into it, and you kind of get a sense of where you are, even if you've never been there before, because they're so iconic in games, and I love the the theme behind it. That that's what's really striking me. Um, I love the supernatural um, in terms of not oh, I believe ghosts are real, but I love the folklore stuff that comes from it. Especially like uh, the Japanese folklore. The way they look at ghosts is very different to the way like the Western world look at ghosts yes. and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, very interesting character pieces. If you look at the ring for example, and The Grudge and how they're handled in the remakes compared to the Japanese originals. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it looks interesting to me. And I'm okay with you actually saying it's not doing anything special as such. That actually makes me more wanting to play it because it doesn't It doesn't sound like it's trying to push boundaries. It sounds like it's just trying to make a game, which I'm okay with. remains to be seen i could be getting the wrong point but overall i'm actually really excited to give this one a go at some point because it feels right up my street that i haven't it's not the second coming
1: yeah yeah fair enough um i suppose it's going to depend very much on how they tie in all the elements you know together so each sort of premise or the main premise in the game is really good so the idea of them using technology and the supernatural and what could be waiting for us in the world beyond and the villains who are sort of utilising whatever's going on in the background you know, the the traditional folklore stuff, like you've already had like no masks and uh, sort of like these prayer bead style things have cropped up and um, these, these small they're kind of like paper dart type things i'm really denigrating <laughs> japanese yeah. folklore. Sim- simplifying it into something i can understand but um yeah these little paper things that are like spirit trap things and you know all of that is really lovely and hopefully all of it will tie together to make something quite interesting
0: so the way you describe it the best western supernatural piece of medium i think i've ever seen uh, people I will die on this hill is the frighteners Peter Jackson's *The Frighteners* with Michael J. Fox. Okay. Purely because for what you're describing, *A Ghost white Tokyo*. There's that element on there that the spirits are just there. That is just what they are. They are. They are just there. And you have got. There's no good or bad spirits based on the being spirits. It's just what they are in life. That's what they. That's that's what they are in in the afterlife. And I felt it handled it really, really well. It's a very underappreciated film. Go and see it. Give it a reprise, or if you haven't even from trailers there's a there's a, it is a bit of reaching but there's I see elements of that in this I don't think there's any influence from it but I think that uh Peter Jackson took from some Asian folklore when it came to the Frighteners as minor influences in his film and those same in those same original seeds are very much prominent in what I've seen in the trailers and gameplay of Ghostwire Tokyo so but yeah I I, I can't wait to play it and I love Shibuya as a, and Tokyo digitally. Never been physically. Love the digitally as a concept. So it's ticking all the right boxes.
1: Well, you certainly sound very excited for it. So I hope it lives up to your expectations. Um, it won't. In terms of it, <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> in terms of other uh, touch points, I'd say possibly Killer is Dead a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It has that kind of aesthetic a little bit. Um, that's more cartoonish than this. This has a... There's also a kind of... God, you see, I can't remember the name. I played this indie game that was like a flick screen 8-bit throwback about two years ago, maybe more. It may even have predated the podcast. My God. Uh, And that was similar. It was... There's a very famous comic graphic artist in Japan whose name I forget who does body horror and really kind of extreme visuals and it's based on his works, very, very terrifying stuff. Just a very quick interruption of myself to say that the comic artist I was trying to think of is Junji Ito, apologies if i pronounced that incorrectly, and the game is World of Horror and you can get that on PC on Steam or itch.io or probably other places as well. Um, there's a bit of that influence in it but again that could just be the general Japanese cultural feel of it. The only thing I'd say is that it's, it's a bit spartan. like. You meet characters in order to, uh, you know, to fight. Yep. And you have cutscenes with the enemies, like the main villains. But apart from that, the the, the world is, is empty until you go up against that sort of thing. You know, very, very Spartan. So that's quite deliberate. Oh. So let's hope that, you yeah, know, that pays off as well a bit later on.
0: Yeah, you hope you hope that there's it's a design choice rather than a technical limitation or or something like that. So, but yeah, no, it's I think it'll do well for itself. And and clearly, what will happen is they're holding something back because obviously it's got a year long exclusivity. Yeah, and it's a Microsoft-owned game, so I reckon they have got it out the door. There you go, you can have that now, and we'll get a definitive edition about next
1: April. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um. It needs some fixing on PC as well. A few bugs already that I've come across. So, yeah, there's work to be done still.
0: Yeah, it's why I'm not jumping to go and buy it because it's it's going to be a Game Pass job in about a year and <laughs> I've got so much to play already. If it hits a sour, I'll probably pick it up. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a, it's a... We live in that strange world at the moment where you've got a Microsoft-owned property exclusive to PlayStation... And you've got uh, what used to be a PlayStation exclusive, still produced by Sony, coming out on Nintendo and Xbox next month in MLB, the show. And it's kind of, we all live in this world of like, what could be. Uh,
1: yeah, it's like Microsoft are going to, uh, to Sony, oh, yeah, come on, I'll throw you a bone. It's like when you're playing pool and you go, oh, it's all right, you can have two shots, go on, you know. <laughs>
0: <It's> just, like... <laughs> I didn't see it. I I didn't see it. He must have clipped it, it's yeah, fine.
1: yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, Let's have more shit. Let's let's put Super Mario Odyssey on Game Pass. Come on,
1: <laughs> no, never.
0: No, they'd never do it, would they? No, um, never. It's Nintendo. Yeah. Nintendo. Nintendo will find a way of being brilliant but shit at the same time.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which is yeah. I've I've got a feeling I might be talking about that because just very briefly, my very early part of um, Kirby is brilliant. Uh, I've only played literally five minutes of it. It needs accessibility options i yeah. will speak more about that next week oh yeah um, i might have missed them in all fairness that's why i'm not going to go into it yet but so far i can't s- on the tutorials i don't know what buttons i should be pressing fix that
1: anyway yeah so i was giving anyway, you space just to cough um
0: you do the editing afterwards i'm just here <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: i just i just I, I, I just make it as awkward as possible for you
1: no, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no one um, on the accessibility front. That's a that's a good shout out. It, <laughs> terrible for Ghostwire <coughs> because, <That was> <coughs> excuse me, it's my turn to cough. It has the colorblind options in accessibility, which is great. But one of the first things that I did was stick the subtitle size up to maximum, and it's tiny. It is only on my big biggish monitor. It's only about a centimeter high. And so, like, Oof. I you know, and I'm like, what four or five feet from a monitor, and you know, you squint in practically. It's really tiny, even on its maximum size. So yeah, that's not great. But it does, uh, it does have the, um, it does have the uh, colorblind options, which is something.
0: That's what they're holding back then, isn't it? The accessibility features for GoPass. Pass.
1: Yeah, they'll probably have a font size that fills the entire screen or something by that point. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> um, anyway moving on moving on very quick one to start with from me is i've been playing wrc 10 and i know you're thinking brad you've already spoke about this way talking about it now well i've got a switch code for it and it's interesting it's a, the wrc games are a good i spoke about really good like they, they straddle arcade to sim really really well focusing more towards the sim side of stuff and the PC version I really, really, really like. The Switch version looks really nice for what it is. It's missing some content. So, again, I don't know if I'm missing it. It's something to do with me. But I can't find any multiplayer content. So, it's only the single player. But again, I'm fine with you playing it on a Switch. I'm okay with that. No cross-save, which is unfortunate because I feel it's needed. So, for me, I'm just playing, like, the individual events and that on the Switch because I can't be... Asked to go through a career mode again but what's really weird about it is you can't jump between the two in terms of playing because if i play it on the pc you've got analog controls and everything could be like really precise and then you play it handheld on the switch and that goes out, out of the window you have to like play it like a totally different game but it's not. But once you get used to it, it plays really well. Once you can get used to the nuances of the, like, there's less travel or less, there is that sort of, like, you're not going to get those minor adjustments in turning sorted and, and things like that. It is a fun game, but I, I think we're at a point now where games like this don't need a Switch version. I think we're at a point now where a Switch version needs to be its own thing. Bring out a WRC ten, but do what we did with the PSP for a while—just like WRC ten portable—and make it so it's built for that rather than what is a straight port with stuff taken out because it's 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 good, but it's not as good as playing the PC version by any stretch of the imagination, which is a it is a shame.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're in a funny state with the Switch, and partly it's. Partly it's just because of the way things have gone, but partly it is by design from Nintendo, in that if you develop for it, it's such a great machine, but if you put in for it, you've got to really, really put the effort in and you've really got to give it the time and attention it needs because it's kind of like, yeah. you know, they're, they're under the tele consoles are like cars and this is a motorbike and it's like you've got to concentrate on getting it perfectly right. And I think, you know, steering it back, ah, motorbike, steering it back to like the conversation that we always have about the cross save thing. If you have cross save with it, there's so much more potential there for like matching the controls. And then if you go, okay, well, it's not quite working for me on this device, then you can go, oh, okay, well, I'll turn it onto just digital, we controls whatever on the handout. But then I can take this over to my computer when I get the chance on my console. And, um, and, you know, really hammer it and do the precise stuff that that I need to do. And, you know, keeping that out of the equation is, is starting to look, like, really dated.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's why I'm so eager for um, MLB, the show, next month. Because that has said, from what I can say, that's got cross-progression, cross-save across all devices. as that's PlayStation to Xbox to Switch. So... Again, I'm holding a great hope that that will be the future. I'm not expecting it to play as well on the Switch as it is on the Xbox or the PlayStation, but if I can use it to cross save and cross progress and just do some of the bits with like the uh, the road to the show stuff, brilliant. And then go okay, right, I've got a major game coming up, or I've got some major things. I'll play that on the on the uh, on the uh, Xbox version, and my progression carries through. That's what I want. Again, I think we are looking at some games need to almost look back at the Dreamcast. There we go, we managed to sneak the Dreamcast in. Again. And the VMU, where, you know, you could take your like uh you could take your chocobos or whatever in a Final Fantasy game in, like and train them up and then use what what they do in the VMU to then bring those back into the game. So it's taking elements of the game separately. So there's no reason why for example, the Switch version of WRC take could be a more arcadey style affair, but you earn experience points or whatever that you can then take back into the main game as just a aside thing or whatever. There's so many options you have got with it. And there's games like Hades where fine, just do a straight cross progression, cross save. That that's fine because it's like it's playable. But there's some games now where you go in just you can't, you can't just do a straight pull. You, we're not at that point now. What the next switch needs, and this is the big thing, is it needs the ability to be able to have analogue controls um, in the triggers and stuff like that built into the functionality of the system from day one so that, you know, if you get a third-party Joy-Con that's a racing-style Joy-Con that has analogue Controllers, bigger analog sticks, or whatever, uh, with triggers, then you could pop those in without, you know, uh, without having to fudge it. So uh, the Switch has been brilliant. I'm not dissing on the Switch at all, but I can certainly see what needs to be done for a new Switch down the line, and it's not all about graphics.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they would be best off doing the move they did from the DS to the 3DS where you, you know, you can still play DS games on the 3DS, you could still play Switch games on the Switch Pro or whatever it was, but the Switch Pro also had its dedicated games and it came yeah. out of the box with a with analog controllers, so you know, analog Joy-Cons, but they would work on the previous model of the Switch. So, I think that would be a better move for them. They'd still be behind the curve then but things would still be cheap enough for them and people wouldn't feel like they were being left behind, you know, with their their consoles and stuff. So yeah, I mean, that might be the better way for them.
0: just one last point with this, again, WRC 10 on the Switch, if you've not played it on the PC or Xbox or PlayStation or whatever, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You will not notice. The only differences I notice is obviously no multiplayer because I've played it on a like a more powerful system with proper analog controls and potentially even a wheel i noticed the difference so if you've never played those you go fresh into this you are in for a great time nice uh what's next with yourself
1: well i only had a brief play on another game which was nightmare in the dark on the neo geo and that one is a it's basically like bubble bobble you have it's a single screen game you have platforms you have to knock the enemies into submission and then kind of well in Bobble, uh, blah, 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 blah. bubble 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 not puzzle bubble or bubble bubble you uh you blow built bubbles onto them and then you hit them and yeah, you know, whatever and they go off the screen to be defeated but in in nightmare in the dark you throw fireballs because it's got a kind of halloweeny kind of aesthetic you throw fireballs at these enemies and then when they get completely immersed in flame you use them to knock the other enemies off the screen and stuff like that uh and it's yeah it's just like pretty much a complete rip off of bubble bubble but i suppose it has enough difference in it to to be worthwhile i mean back in the day when it came out i don't think anyone would be dropping like you know 250 quid to buy it kind of thing But as a as a little distraction and an aside, it looks pretty. It's got some nice backdrops, you know, because it's got these static backdrops, like having that and having pang and games like that. And um, the animations are pretty nice. It's not exactly pushing the console, you know. You're not talking Metal Slug levels of animation or anything. But yeah, no, pleasant enough. Some really big bosses that look pretty pretty great and yeah it's okay if you've got access to it you know give it a go for a little while sort of thing you know it's definitely a brad game so yeah give it a whirl
0: yeah it sounds like a brad game i'll, I'll definitely look at that do you know what the emulation of it's like like the uh, Rob versions do they play quite well or will we only
1: ever played it on original hardware I only ever played it on original but i don't think i've ever come across any like serious issues with any emulators for for neo geo in the past i think there are there are a couple of games that struggle with emulation, but I don't think this is one of them.
0: Cool. I'll give, I'll give that a look because I don't, I, I don't think I could afford myself a, a, a hardware solution at the moment.
1: No, that's fair enough.
0: I'm getting £4 extra a week to pip, so, you know, soon. Yeah,
1: soon. The time <laughs> is coming.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't the Britain great?
1: Oh, mm. fabulous.
0: Yeah, no, not we're talking about games. We're talking about games. Uh, But yeah, no, good. I'm glad. I I love to see. uh, I love it when you talk about like the old like the, the retro stuff. I love retro games, but I have a more of a passing interest in terms of, oh, I like fiddling with that. And now I'm kind of I'll play play for like a couple of minutes. Like it's ADHD perfection is, is the retro scene because <laughs> you just pop something on for a couple of seconds and they like never go back to it for six months and go back then play other stuff and whatever but you know, your passion for it is it's um it's superb i i love listening to you talk about retro stuff
1: oh cool yeah no i just um I, I get like a oh shut up about it it out like, god, carry on. <laughs> No, i get like a, a hankering to play a shorter game you know from in an arcade style and there's it'll either be something on steam that you know uh, from a smaller indie or it'll be something from the past that I've not touched before and I keep fighting it's like I think oh you know must have played all of the good games in that genre kind of thing <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like oh god no there's this whole wealth of them I haven't touched yet so yeah yeah keep dipping back into it.
0: There's a whole wealth of puzzle games from the 80s and 90s where the more you complete it, the more you get, like, naked ladies underneath the, 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 the actual game world. Bizarre. <laughs> because that's that's what puzzle games were in the arcades back then, aimed at the, the Japanese. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, see, but this is why I think I really like the old... Like, when I do play the retro stuff, because I I, I literally I have the attitude with arcade stuff of... It is an arcade, so I pop... And imagine every 50p into my into my uh, RG 351 or into the PC. I play through a game. I lose my life, so I get to a continue, and I go, oh, "I've done now. I'll go play something else." Yeah, that's a good i was doing is. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I've, I've never played like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I go, oh, "I'm going to play this to completion." Behave. <laughs> I
1: have. <laughs> I get to
0: the. I get. To, I get to the first part. Of the level that I get to it every single time on the on the arcades, fail miserably, and then go back to it again and do the exact same thing a few months later.
1: If if that's what makes you happy, that's great. It does, yeah, it does. No, like, I'm not being like, sarcastic. sarcastic.
0: I mean it. No, no. And we'll talk about this again. I think we've touched on it before, but we'll, next week I think we'll we'll talk about this. Game completion is not important. Oh yeah, totally. Just just to point that out. It's it's not important one iota. I reckon I've completed less than a percent of all the games I've played.
1: Yeah. And no, uh, well, you're right. I mean, yeah, we'll save it for next week. It's an interesting conversation yeah. to have, definitely.
0: Definitely. Talking of games I haven't completed, I was just getting a segue So, oh, you see? Nice. I've been playing uh, a, a new snowboarding game. You wait, ages for a snowboarding game, and then a couple come out at once. It's amazing. Not... Um, so the other week we had uh, Grand Mountain Adventure come out, which I really, really love. And this week we've got Shredders. What I will say is, Team at Shredders, right? Hire a graphic artist for your uh, for your cover art, your logo. I, I love the game, but your cover art's dreadful. Oh, I'm not dear. gonna lie. Sorry, get that out the way. Okay. But aside from that, it's probably the best snowboarding game I've played since Out Free. Ah. Yeah. It's not as good as ABD-3. It's not as good as like SSX, tricky SSX-3, games like that. Um, but it's definitely better than the, the game. I, I really like the modern SSX, by the way. I'm someone who really liked that Dark Mountain or whatever it was called. I really enjoyed that. I thought it, it was good. But I didn't like Steep. It's better than Steep because it's more focused than Steep. So what you've essentially got is a throwback to those games like Ant where you're given like almost a linear progression through the game to start with and sort of like you've got this (laughs) this concept of annoying snowball bros taking you through so it's like oh man look we're gonna we're going to rip up this mountain or shred this mountain and uh, look, we're going to film it. And, oh, look, we can go and destroy this. And then the executive comes along and goes, oh, but instead of going, oh no, don't you ruin my mountain. They're going, oh yeah, we'd love this. Look, we can go viral. Yeah. We're, we're down with the kids and stuff like that. It's annoying, but in that way that it should be because they're snowball bros. Yeah. yeah. Uh, i think some people complain about it. Behave. That's the culture <laughs> yeah. of the, of, of, of that scene it's nothing to do with bad acting on, on the game itself that's just the culture of that scene it always has been true but it takes you through like oh do this do this and it's fairly linear but then sort of it opens up and it goes yeah oh, Mount it's yours now do what you want but not in that way that Steep ever did which was do what you want, but we're going to tell you stuff to do still anyway and put loads of little markers everywhere because it's an Ubisoft game and, and you know, you're going to feel, end up feeling overwhelmed. No, nope, this just goes, ah, you've done a lot of the linear stuff now. It is a reward. Just go, just go and snowboard as you want See, so you fit. Have fun. And it's really good. A few bugs here and there. It stutters a little bit now and again. I mean, in terms of... I'd be snowballed down, and then it comes almost to a pause where it stutters. I think they've ironed that out recently in a patch, so good. But it is an indie game, so you can forgive it, because obviously they don't have the thousands upon thousands of potential playtesters and betas that they can put out and whatever. It does lack some accessibility options, because it's, it's snow. So I struggle at the moment, because I've had a bit of a downturn with my vision, so I'm struggling at the moment to see... What I'm doing is I've had to put it down. But the developers, very active on Twitter, I said what my issue was, and they gave me, can you try this as a solution, which was to start up a drone mode and change the angle of the sun so you get it darkens almost like the level for you. Didn't quite work, and I did suggest maybe could they do something like just give us a palette swap. Can I have a palette swap where I can turn the snow... Dark grey, for example, or or can I change the sky dark grey? Just something that's simple. I know it's not going to be what the game's intended, but for someone like me, it would be ideal. And they said, look, we can't promise anything, but no, we'll look into it. Yeah. You know, we're always up for improving accessibility, which again is someone who's got a disability. It's all you ask. You've yeah. not put it in at the start because you're probably not aware of it. Again, it's why we need more disabled people at the ground level of, of making games, even as an advisory point of view. But they've gone, right. Like, okay, yeah, we get that. We'll see what we can do. And I really do appreciate it because it's a very, very good game. Uh, absolutely outstanding game. Um, some people won't like it because it's not got all the bells and whistles. Doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. All it needs is a graphic designer.
1: Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. For finishing on like a little bit of a gentle slap to the face for them there but uh yeah no it sounds like it's a really cracking game and I I, I do like snowboarding games but the last one oh, do you know I've played I've hardly played them for the last 20 years I think like SSX tricky is the only series that I really <laughs> had a proper go with and you're talking yeah, yeah a very very long time ago but it, when it works it works well so yeah
0: so Cool boulders, really love those. Um, Although they got progressively worse. The Amp series got progressively better and then died. Bring it back, Microsoft. Come on. Bring it back. Or at least make it backwards compatible. Something, please. Yeah. Um, the SSX series peaked with Tricky and Three. Dark Mountain or Dark, whatever it was called. It was good. Steep. I enjoyed for five minutes before going, oh, God, it's got Ubisoft on me. It's, I've got this <laughs> light. Like, I don't want to... Jesus Christ, there's 180 different things I've got to look at. I've only been playing five minutes. I don't want to travel all the way up there. But, yeah, it, it's been through. I even like Snowball Kids on the N64. And they obviously the absolutely amazing 1080 Snowboarding. Um, so it's good to see with like Grand Mountain Adventure and Shredders, we're maybe getting a renaissance, hopefully. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I like a Snowboarding game.
1: Yep. Yep, they are good.
0: And one more for me because I've gone through a bit of an extreme sports phase this week, by the sounds of it, I've also been playing the ludicrously titled Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game five, which is basically a Supercross, motocross style game with more Monster Energy branded than you could shake a stick at. Or is it a Monster Energy game with some bike branded? Who knows? <laughs> uh, that is, but yeah. it's, it's it's really weird. So Monster Energy like Supercross games are I, I like I've always enjoyed them. The like MX versus ATV, big fan of those. Uh, Pure, which was mainly ATV, bring that back by the way. That was a brilliant game, underrated by many. But Monster Energy Supercross is an officially licensed game of the uh, the actual series. There is. Um, it's got career mode, all the usual gubbins, single races, championships, online, uh, training events, bloody blah, all different power bikes from like the junior bikes right up to like the official like Supercross style ones. Uh, career where you can up your stats, you get better bikes, contracts. It's all there. It does tick all the right boxes, plays really well, really enjoying it. Honestly, the only thing I can really say is if you've played Monster Energy Supercross: The Official Video Game Four, you don't need to play Five. If you have played Three, maybe give Five a go. There's a few bits different in it now, and it's improved. It's one of those series where I think every other every other year, I don't know why this needs a year to release. Just that yeah. the, do you know what? Charge me a fiver. I do the 2022 series in there. Don't release a, you know a number six next year doesn't need it give yourself a two-year development cycle because these games are really best appreciated when you play them every other year not needed yearly play the pc version um, and ironically we suffer the same thing between switch and pc again so i've got number four on the switch and i went back and gave that a go compared to number five on the pc and again, the little differences because you've got the analog control with like the bikes, and everything is so much better on the PC version. Um, I feel like I'm having a bit of a switch rant at the moment, but it's a it's too digital on the on on the switch. That again, I can't go back to it despite enjoying it first time now because not used to playing it like that. Yeah, those little differences of just analog input are make it night and day. Looks lovely, plays really well if you've got last year's, do you need it? It's the only thing I would say.
1: Well, I think, you know, the answer obviously is money, is why they keep doing it. Oh, yeah. But um But, yeah, you're right, two year development cycle for these things. I, I don't know how anyone can, any company can produce something of any real worth within a year. It's, I mean, you can, they kind of used to do it with the Call of Duty stuff where they had, different development teams doing doing them in parallel so that you could do it that way. But even so, that was still like a two-year cycle. It was way too short. Who's finishing a game in a year these days? I know, right? Well, you, you're you never finishing the game, but, you know.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, I mean, so to, to give you an example, and I can't if it's from the same like people behind it or not. I'll have to have a quick... Well, it's not the same developers, but no, it's this a milestone. So uh, AFL Evolution 2. I didn't even know there was a first. Right, it's an Aussie rules football game. That has added, I think, that like last year, added like just as DLC the 2021 season. Didn't make an AFL Evolution 3. There may be an AFL Evolution 3. Who knows? But they started a new season. Do you know what? I was quite willing to support them with a U new season. I will go, yeah, I'll spend a couple of quid on a new season pack. Yeah. That, that's fine with me. I, you know, I still wish FIFA would do that. The MLB games, the NBA games, the NHL games—every couple of years, bring out if you—if you've got a proper upgrade to it, because you've it really reworked the physics, or or you've got this like major change that just makes the game better. Fine. Aside from that, sports games are the one genre of a gaming where you can get away with just going, it's some DLC with some updated stats, because yep. that's what the new games generally are anyway.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But they know people are going to buy them, so they can get away with it. Yeah.
0: Uh, but, yeah, again, it's it's very hard. I don't want to, like, dump on the game because it's a very, very good game. I You know, I think it plays so, so well. And, if, again, if you've not played 4... I can't tell you not to get it, because I think you should, because I think it's a really, really good game, and it definitely feels an upgrade from 3, which I also have on PC, even just visually. And it does it. It does a feel as well, and I, I, we take this for granted now. I remember when this very first happened in a video game, and like you said, it was amazing. The, 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 the riders of the bike get dirtier the more you race. Right, yeah. Now, I remember when I first saw that on a rally game, and I was like, oh, my God. My car's dirtier at the end than it was at the start yeah and that was like the most amazing like why is that that should be a bullet point on the box and we take it for granted um now and it's just like really good you're going you can see the mud splattering up the back of your rider and stuff like that and also with this as well i this is where i'm gonna like really say where this is where these games stand out you've essentially got two games in one with these um, and I don't know if you could play it in VR I don't think you can but I'd be interested to see but you've got if you do it from what's the traditional sort of like third person camera behind the bike and everything you've got one game which is really fun to play but you've got first person mode on them as well and it is it's not the same game it's uh, yeah it's, um, yeah it is completely different now I want to go imagine that bit in VR that would be
1: pretty it's, fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. You know, if that's what I want to see him do, you've got you've got a really good base. Tell you what, your next game, your big selling point for Monster, for Super Energy uh, uh, Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game six that could be released in twenty twenty four. I VR. because that would just be insane on a motocross game. Because at least in a car, you kind of you sat there so you've got a shell about you so you feel safety but I think if you were to do VR on a motocross game that'd blow your mind
1: yeah I would be pretty damn good it, there's just so little development out really for it at the moment I think mainly because you know moving over to the quest it's so much less powerful It's so you know yeah comparatively so there's little you can do but yeah you know I always think there should be a VR mode every single game if they can do it in Tetris, you need... can do it in any game.
0: Yes. I also think what they need to do is actually uh, bring all the VR units together and actually have a standard for people to develop for, because I think that becomes an issue. I look at it and go, well, how I many think they've got PSVR, Quest, Oculus? I think there's a couple of others as well, isn't there? You've got so many different VR units you can have that each get developed for in a different way. Which is fine for a console you try an exclusivity with. But when you look at something like VR for PC... Uh, it's too expensive to have so many different options out there. Especially when, like, the Vive is, what, nearly a grand?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much uh, Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game 5, in a nutshell. Thank your game's better. Because it's not, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, that one. So, but, yeah, uh, but... Point, a little point I want to make before we move on is I've played three games this week that I've spoke about. And I've had a bit of a criticism of all, all three of them. Now, a bit of a discourse I've seen online of late is people criticise a game. They feel like they're like it's a bad game. Oh, someone doesn't like this game at all. Like, it's okay to criticise aspects of a game. Doesn't mean it's a bad game. All three games I've played, I've enjoyed. But with caveats and it's it's okay because that's how games get better. That's how your studios know to get better. Because if everyone either went, Oh, this is rubbish and the worst thing ever, or this is the best thing ever, there's no nuance, so there's nothing to try and improve on. You know, for example, the WRC game will look at maybe next time, not based on just me, but maybe based on others, going, right, okay, so we need to rethink how the handling works on the Switch version. And they might do that. If I just turned around and went, oh, this is awful, this is awful, it doesn't play, it's a bad game because it's... They're not going to bother. They'll just go, oh, no, Switch version. That's easy, simple as. So, you know, it's okay to criticise. And when people criticise your favourite thing, or if people like that thing that you don't like, it's all okay. Just let people enjoy what they like.
1: I know, right? I mean, I could I could go through and be very, very critical of a game that I like. Or I could just be, you know, completely full of praise for something that I didn't. And yeah. you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to pick out the stuff that, you know, that will inform people as to whether it's going to be right for them. You know, it's like... yeah. I, I've paid for Ghostwire Tokyo, and I'm going to play it probably all the way through. So my opinion is incredibly valid. <laughs> I mean, it would be anyway, but yeah, because everybody's opinion is is valid and interesting to a degree, it's more
0: valid than mine with my by review comment. <laughs> yeah.
1: See, <laughs> yeah, you don't get a seat at this table, pal. No, uh, <laughs> it's uh, no, it's absolutely fine, and I never ever mind people going oh, you know, I played, let's pick a game that I absolutely love, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, it's all right, but I've now played Elden Ring and I don't like Breath of the Wild anywhere near as much. I'd be like, oh yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, that superseded it for you. But I'd be like, but you know, that doesn't detract from my enjoyment of the game. But um, you just have to understand that, really, and not take it personally when you hearing people say things and also there are inflammatory people who go you know oh such and such is rubbish which of course you know no
0: it's why review scores are rubbish as well yeah because um, it's great that you mentioned breath of the wild there because if you want the perfect example of why review scores should be bullshit to not looked at, when steph sterling gave breath of the wild a seven out of ten still a very good score the abuse they got was wow Wow! I, yeah,
1: I mean, I hate scores in general. Well, I don't hate them, but I, yeah. I, w- I don't like them very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the scoring system where a seven ends up being the average—that's so lazy. I, I'm not saying that in terms of, you know, James Effeney's Serling's uh, review. I think from them, it was a it was a considered yeah. score. Yeah, it's an above average yeah. game, is how yeah.
0: they they described it, but not perfect. Yes.
1: Yeah, and I think it was very considered, but I think most reviewers, they're like, "Uh, yeah, it's perfectly fine. There's all these problems I can't really be bothered going into because I would have to then get detractors on the internet criticising me, so I'm not going to give it a 5, meaning average. Yeah, well, not average, because average is the average, but you know what I mean? 5, meaning it's not brilliant, it's just a game. People seem to be terrified of using 5, and therefore, seven has lost its value. So, yeah, it's all yeah. so super. Seven
0: out of ten is the I don't want to upset the publishers Yeah. score. Eight yeah. out of ten is the I don't want to upset the fan base score.
1: <laughs> I like that. That should be our grading metric. We don't have any scores apart from seven and know, eight. seven and eight, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, it's, again, it's, it's, it, I, 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 I've couple of times I've been tempted to go, shall we do review scores? Because then what gets us on Metacritic or something I'm like that? No, it's not worth it. I really cannot be asked. I remember what it was like trying to score stuff before. And I, I'd be guilty of it, just going, uh, I don't know what to give this. What's going to give me the least headache? Um, and then I'm just going, like, ah, yeah. oh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's... And I had uh, someone who wrote for us at GameStyle gave um, Assassin's Creed three, a 10 out of 10, because they absolutely loved it. Oh, my God oh boy the abuse (laughs) i bet oh dear um it's why i always go for find a reviewer you like i find out what they say about a game as a base don't take it as gospel but you know i would always go i I kind of agree with like mark commode seven out of ten times ironically um and we'll go right if he says a film's gonna be this i'll yeah, I'm really going to give it a go. But it doesn't mean he will watch a film that I go, he said bad, and I go, oh, it must be bad. I've, I've enjoyed films he don't like. I've hated films he loves. But on the whole, I will go with, right, okay, that's an opinion I will listen to as yeah. a basis.
1: Yeah, the way that he articulates things is great. So you can go, yeah. oh, I totally understand now. I totally get where he's coming from. I don't agree with it, but I totally yeah. understand it. Or, yeah, a lot of the time you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, because, you know, personal tastes really differ. If you're not a critic, your opinion counts or it doesn't count, depending on who's listening. If you are a critic, you shouldn't be criticised for having an opinion. You know, I mean, I there's the, there's the whole Gran Turismo 7 controversy where clearly Polyphony just switched on microtransactions yeah. after all of the reviews came out.
0: That's happened a lot of late. I
1: know. It's disgusting behaviour. It's absolutely despicable.
0: Chocobo Racing, that's the big one, weren't it? Yeah, They'd yeah. They sent it out to reviewers without, and they went, oh, it's on there."
1: Yeah, I know. It's terrible. It's so bad. And the, I don't know, there aren't very ma- many magazines around. Magazines should print stuff, retractions <laughs> in the next issue. But online things, they should go back and change that score. Oh, that's oh, what yeah. I think. They should just go yeah. back and mutilate it and totally take it to town.
0: And again, it's why I think scores are bad because like, scores are can be residual as well. You know, I don't know what Metacritic does, but I don't believe if they, like IGN, go, oh, this is a 10 out of 10. Oh, my God, actually, because of this, it's a 4 out of 10. I don't know if Metacritic pick up the U score or go with the original score. So... You could have a game that could release in a state as a three out of ten get fixed two weeks later, and what scores actually reflected. Again, it's why I use, I will look at Metacritic, and I use it as a, a base barometer. It's always interesting to see what's the difference between the critic review and the fan reception. Um, yeah. Generally, if there's a massive gap, I go, okay, I'm interested in this game. Well, wow. bar the odd weird Japanese adult themed thing that you often see on steam and going i just what no uh but generally if there's a massive gap between opinion i'm intrigued to at least look into it but it should all just be a basis and then form your own opinion don't listen to us don't listen to us we're pointless is what i'm getting
1: at <laughs> the thing is it's like even if even if you have the an infinite amount of money you haven't got an infinite amount of time no. And and uh, you know, therefore, critic critic impressions are, are still so valuable. Yeah. So valuable, and um, to denigrate what they're doing just because they don't agree with you is is childish. It's just immaturity.
0: Yeah. Also, with Kerbo Demayo retiring for BBC Five Live, do you reckon
1: we could get in there? I think it'd be the perfect fit.
0: I mean, it'd be less wit attainment, more titter attainment. But
1: you know, <laughs> tit head taming, tit
0: head tamer. Yeah, I mean, you'd be the perfect mayo. Obviously, I, 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 I'd be like Mark Kermod's ADHD third removed cousin, who he doesn't <laughs> talk about.
1: Yeah, the one who's locked in the basement most of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, he just just, just doesn't harm himself. Themselves, sorry. So <laughs> yeah. even I can misgender myself. That's right. Uh, but anyway, just before we finish, uh, been a couple of uh, recent pre-E, 3-E type things. So we had like the Idea Xbox happened and then last night as of recording, we had the uh, Future Games show on, uh, on Twitch and YouTube hosted by Games Radar. I just want to pick out a few of the games that were announced on that that I'm really looking forward to. So, first and foremost, the game that everyone should have on their wish list is Sam Barlow's Immortality. It's It looks like he's just taken what he's done from her story, telling lies, and could well be he's making them opus. It just looks spectacular. And... If it doesn't end up being my game of the year, sorry to put that much pressure on Barlow. if it doesn't end up being my game of the year, I will be very, very shocked because it's just it's everything I'm seeing about it is ticking all the right boxes. The other one I've been looking forward to is Curse to Golf, which is a roguelike golf game, uh, which looks really interesting. It's basically uh, you've got a set about the shots to escape purgatory. Um, by playing golf Ooh. <laughs> nice yes that's so the levels are randomly ordered but they're not randomly generated so you have you can learn the holes. so depending what seed you start with on a new run you will get them in a different order there's like 80 odd different holes that you can get like mixed up across 18 or whatever it is you, I think you get a set amount of shots, but you can earn more shots or certain things will take away shots. The idea is to be able to stay on par and get out of Purgatory. Uh, there's a demo of it up. I've played a couple of holes already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That looks really good. Uh, just some others that really stood out. I'll just go through names rather than going into it. But you've got the time I have left looks really good. Um, build that looks really good. In for the Sun, which was Shadow Dropped, is a, like, a platform-type thing. That looks pretty good. Um, Lego Brick Tales. Check that one out. It's a, a Lego-based, diorama-style puzzle game that uses building Lego things, using imagination to solve puzzles. Just looks fantastic. Give that one a check. Yeah. What else was there? Instruments of Destruction looks really good. It's it's already out, uh, but it looks like it's very similar to Abris but with vehicles so give that a look i suppose uh, that was shown off alaskan truck simulator which seems to be taking like the euro truck and uh, american truck simulator style things but improving on it so instead of just driving a truck you actually have to do things like take breaks at the right time refuel your truck make sure you're getting food and all, all things like that so it, yeah. it feels like it's almost like um ice road truckers the game looks interesting Justice Sucks, which is a sentient Roomba that looks like you have got to try and protect your family in the house by setting traps, home alone style, to beat enemies. Looks interesting. Sweet Transit is a management railway style game. Looks fun, and yeah, it's just uh, I think there's one called Trepan Two, which I don't know if it's a sequel to anything. Cause I've never heard of Trepan, but that's a uh, like a proper violent FPS type thing that just looks pretty damn cool um, and there's loads of others check out the list of games on games radars just yeah indie games are in a really strong place at the moment they really are
1: yeah totally they really really are so yeah cool well I'll check into some of those especially the lego brick one
0: yes i, I honestly it just it like they done it um, as almost like a end of show type thing and i just think my jaw dropped looking at it it's it's it i like the lego games which i think are really really fun it actually looked like lego like some of the made lego sets whereas the lego games themselves and even lego world which everything is made out of lego they're not they're still like too much fantasy and too look like a video game these look like lego sets and it done that thing that the lego movie did with the um like the characters walk at like 12 frames per second yeah whereas everything else is like you move the camera around 60 frames per second and stuff like that yeah and yeah. it's just like oh yeah i love little touches like that it just looks really good that's like later this year so we'll, we'll hopefully get to talk about that one but yeah some really good looking indie games come on the horizon many this year as well so i'm gonna be talking a lot boy
1: <laughs> lucky us <laughs> hey um. <laughs> no, that's cool yeah good stuff
0: uh, but, yeah, that's it for me. I'll shut up now.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it for me as well. I've got loads of games to play. I've Just finding the time for them. But I'm going to say, again, because Elden Ring is still King of the Hill. Elden King. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, Horizon Forbidden West. Don't sleep on it. It's absolutely superb. I, you know, don't give out you know, numbers against games. to don't give <laughs> review scores, but you know, it's for me, it's a 10. It's, it's one of them,
0: but yeah, <laughs> we should start doing that at the reviews. We don't do review scores, but if we did, this one would be eh? a, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> That'd be our thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's gone down. I think already is like one of my favorites of that type of game. If not my favorite of that type of game, I don't know. It's not going to beat breath of the wild, but it's, It's just so good. I could just rant on about how good it is for years. But anyway, yeah, so other than that, you'll want to escape from me and my grappling hold on your cortexes by now. So as usual, follow our content on the socials as you wish and join us on Discord if you feel like it as well. Lots of great chat going on there. And in the meantime, just stay safe and stay sane.